calling all aspiring investment professionals. Get a leg up on the competition. Final registration for the August CFA exam ends on May 14th. Register now to secure your spot. The CFA designation is of gold standard in the investment world, opening doors to high-powered careers and impressive salaries. Head over to cfainstitute.org to register. Don't wait. Take control of your finance career today. Hello, and welcome to this episode of Take 15. My name is Bud Haslett, and I'm the head of risk management, derivatives, and alternative investments here at CFA Institute. Today we have the pleasure of talking with Phil Gaki. He works for the Option Industry Council and is a 20-year veteran of the derivatives market. Phil, thank you very much for joining us today. My pleasure, but I'm always happy to be with the, the CFA. Oh, great. Thank you. Oh, being in the derivatives market for 20 years, you must have seen many changes. What are some of the most important ones that have occurred during the years? Well, I, I think... Um Probably the most dramatic is the the significant level uh, of volumes, hence liquidity, that have developed. And and while the growth of the options market progressed fairly steadily in the uh, in the 70s and 80s and even into the 90s, it wasn't until the early you know 2000s that the dramatic takeoff of the acceptance of the option product really uh, uh, occurred. And it's interesting. We usually think of the retail investor as being behind everything. In this case, the dramatic takeoff of volumes really was spurred by them, and it was spurred for logical reasons. Um, when the uh, SEC mandated that dual trading on the listed world uh, occur across all options classes, um, and then the ISC developed its uh, electronic ca trading capability, the competition that occurred drove down the commission prices and narrowed the bid offer spread dramatically. And responding to Simple Economics 101, retail investors suddenly found themselves in a position to be able to access the options market electronically and be able to execute trades at the price that was dis you know, displayed on the, uh, on the screens in front of them. That caused a massive increase in volume and actually in this case allowed the institutional investor to have critical mass to be able to handle the kind of block trades that they needed to do in order to manage exposure for long-only long fund managers, pension plans, endowments, and foundations. So the growth since 2000 has been exponential, started by an increase in volume by the retail investor accessing the market electronically, and now being taken over by a growth phase by the institutional traders who are doing block trades to manage their own risk uh, in a more effective and transparent way. And it's not like the retail side slowed its growth. What really happened is they created the critical mass to accelerate the growth of the institutional traders. That's interesting. Um, we're a global organization here, and a lot of the derivatives markets around the world are not as established as they are here in the U.S., and since this trend just happened over the last 10 years, I guess that uh, bears well for what might happen in some of these foreign markets as their uh, derivatives market starts to um, pick up some steam. Un undoubtedly, uh, as you know, Bud, because you've been in this business as long as I have, um, you have to have a liquid underlying. 
you, you cannot have a derivatives market where the underlying itself doesn't give you a sufficient amount of liquidity so that the market makers can hedge their underlying exposure. But once you have a liquid uh, underlying, the derivatives market and the options, particularly the listed options market, finds that is, there is a very important risk management tool that people are seeking. And while it's somewhat more difficult to learn the intricacies and it requires education, um, they look for it, they find it, and they spend the time to learn the proper way of using the product. So in a certain regard, the challenges we had a few years ago might actually increase the amount of volume we see going forward in the options market because people are seeking hedges and, and now they understand that there are ways that they can actually hedge off some of the risk that they were uh, exposed to? Precisely. In fact, we've never had a case where a significant bear market didn't cause a, a reduction and a significant reduction in the volumes of options except for this one. The credit crisis, while it caused a significant pullback as much as, you know, 50% uh, from its previous high in, in, uh, in the early part of 2008, the derivatives market actually held up its volume right at the record levels that prevailed, you know, while the market was in its full bull market run. And it is because, just as you said, most people have now recognized this was the only way you could properly, you know, um, hedge the exposure of a long position and manage that risk in a fashion to minimize the, um, the, the pain in your portfolio. And that's not to say that, you know, diversification, portfolio diversification didn't work. It did if you held on. Right, but the correlations... Uh, the correlations went to one. Yeah. And if you were willing, willing to withstand the pain and not bail out, you know, in, in March of 2009 at the absolute low, and it was tough, because when you have that much pain, that's what gives you market bottoms. People finally give up and say, I can't handle the risk anymore, and they liquidate their positions. If you hadn't done that, a, a diversified portfolio which has some bonds, which has some commodities, which has a, a full array of, of um, large cap, small cap, mid cap value and growth, over the long run would have performed okay. The real problem was too many people couldn't handle the downside any longer, they bailed out. And that's why we see the derivative side having given the ability for people to not monetize their losses, you know, and you know, uh, after the Lehman Brothers uh, debacle and, and right through the, the lows that occurred in March of 2009. If you go back to the 1990s, there were a couple uh, issues that came up, a couple crises, and it seemed like everybody wanted to blame derivatives. And this time, there didn't seem to be as much uh, blame that the derivatives caused this. I know that there's some concerns about the uh, over-the-counter market and things like that. You're, you're in the, uh, the exchange-traded area. But uh, do you find that the derivatives kind of fared a little bit better through this disaster? Well, of course, you know, the, the, the term derivative has is, is always been a problem. Um, if you say derivatives includes mortgage-backed mortgage -backed securities and uh, credit default swaps, well, that was part of the epicenter of, the, uh, of right. the issue. If you call listed options and the Options Industry Council, which is geared towards education for that product, are clearer in the Options Clearing Corporation, and frankly, virtually all the listed products around the world 
withstood all the strains without a single problem. Uh, every trade was, was uh, consummated. Um, the counterparty risk never came up because the clearing firms were able to do what they did. But we have the problem of are you tagged by derivatives right. in a negative connotation? Yes, we are also a derivative, but we're proud to say that listed options really did perform, and so did futures, uh, perform in a way the counterparty risk was minimized, and you had liquidity and transparency, and the, frankly, if you look forward, had more of the instruments been listed and transparent and liquid in that fashion, we probably would have never had the depth of the crisis that, um, that occurred in the last year. So a lot of these regulation changes that are being considered for the over-the-counter market are already in place in, in the marketplace? Sure. You, have, you already have the requirement for putting up the proper amount of collateral. The collateral is being viewed through risk management techniques to ensure that the counterparty was uh, able to perform his, uh, his uh, obligations. And that occurred without a single um, dollar of, of loss in the, uh, in, the listed, um, in the listed markets across the board. And I think that was true internationally as well as domestically. It was the less liquid, the, the ones that are not transparent, uh, derivatives that really caused problems, and people didn't know it until they exploded. Um, several years ago, Warren Buffett said that derivatives are weapons of mass destruction, and he was referring to the, uh, um, the many different things that you could place a, a so-called bet on. Um, and one of the things he said was you could bet how many twins are born in, uh, in um, Omaha or whatever. And, and so uh, don't you feel that the marketplace is kind of going beyond that now and uh, um, that, that people are realizing that these can be very valuable tools? Undoubtedly. And... and you know what's really changed I think in general and frankly the Sage of Omaha has turned out to be one of the biggest users yeah. of derivatives around yeah. <laughs> he didn't like the derivatives that he was not participating in but he found them just like many other institutional investors to be a really good way of enhancing your, your uh, yield under controlled circumstances or managing downside risk and um, what's really changed in the last year or two are institutions who would never have considered the use of derivatives because of the negative connotation and the weapons of mass destruction quote um, now find that in fact they weren't weapons of mass destruction properly used with proper education they could have protected on the downside they could have allowed you to participate on the upside and we have never had more people clamoring for information on what could they have done and how do we protect ourselves as we go forward? Great. What do you see uh, in the future, the next five, ten years? Um, well, a personal forecast is I think we're going to have a tough five years ahead of us. Um, the consequences of... But as far as derivatives use, do you well, think it will continue to grow? Will we get the 20 and 30 percent annualized increase or... Do you think it will flatten out a bit? Or? Why I start off by saying that I think the financial markets will have difficulties going forward. It leads me to conclude that, in fact, the derivative side will continue to have substantial growth. Will it be the kind of heyday that occurred early on when you had narrowing of bid offer spreads and, and uh, reductions in commission prices? Maybe not. Uh, those tend to coincide with, with uh, strong upward movements in markets. But 
this move towards risk management by, you know, by derivatives, using derivatives by investment professionals is only begun. And there is a massive amount of uh, potential um, dollars that have been at risk that um, are seeking new ways to protect their, um, their principles. And I suspect that that will mean the next 5, 10, 15 years we'll see continued growth maybe uh, steadier than we've had uh, um, you know in the uh, in the heyday of uh, the heyday of uh, the mid 2000s in its bull market phase but nevertheless steady growth great phil thank you very much My pleasure, enjoyed phil. talking with you Happy and thank here. you for viewing this episode of take 15 copyright 2010 cfa institute no part may be reproduced, stored in a retrieval system, or transmitted in any form or by any means, electronic, mechanical, recording, or otherwise, without the express prior written permission of CFA Institute. This program is designed to give accurate and authoritative information in regard to the subject matter covered. It is distributed with the understanding that CFA Institute is not engaged in rendering legal, accounting, tax, investment, or other expert advice. If legal advice or other expert assistance is required, the services of a competent professional should be sought.